This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Back again with another edition of the Clay Young Show, twice in one week. Our regular show is happening now at podcast225.com, iTunes, and that good old Talk 1073 mobile app. Thank you for joining me again. A lot of great information to get to today. Our guest on our guests on this edition of the Clay Young Show are Katie Fetzer, along with Mary Catherine Rodrigue, Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue. They are the owners of the Wellness Studio here in Baton Rouge and on the North Shore. They're also soon to be coming to you as hosts of The Waiting Room, their brand new podcast that'll take place here on podcast225.com. More information about that to come in the very near future. In fact, the show will start next month. And uh, we've got some more details on what they're going to be talking about as we get both of them here. Katie is going to join us by way of phone to talk about PTSD. Many of you who have experienced these floodwaters in South Louisiana need no explanation as to why that conversation is very, very important right now. Not just for the kids, but for the adults as well. And she's going to talk about some of the symptoms of PTSD. You may be going through, for those who have gone through this flood, you may be going through it right now and have no idea. And you may have noticed some changes in your behavior that you are attributing to these trying times that we're dealing with. But there could be something else going on. And and it might, might not be, but she will get into really the details of what is PTSD, how will it affect you, and then what do you do if it turns out that you are dealing with some uh, post-traumatic stress as a result of what's happening here. People have lost their homes. Many people have lost their businesses. I mean, it's, it's, it's been tough, and I meet someone seemingly every day who has a story about what they've lost and how hard they're working to recover. I, I spoke with someone this morning about that who I had been trying to reach on on a business front for something, and he told me that he had water in both his home and his office. He lives in Denham Springs, and we all know about how bad Denham got hit. So she will talk about that. Jay Grimes will join us to talk about Tropical Storm Hermine. As you hear this, it is in the Gulf as a storm. And again, we're recording this on August 31st, uh, the Wednesday Uh, before the weekend where this storm is expected to make landfall. I got to tell you, when this thing came into the Gulf, I was holding my breath until the very last moment. And one of the only reasons I have allowed myself to exhale a little bit is because it may not have enough time to move northwesterly enough to cause us problems. Now, listen, having said all of that, Our thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Florida because we know hurricanes. Obviously, they do, too. But, man, I wouldn't wish on anyone what we just went through a few weeks ago here with a storm that wasn't even a hurricane. And I saw a video a little while ago of what's happening over there, and they've already got rising water in parts of Florida. So, man, best wishes to you guys there. 
All right, we'll take a quick break and come back with Katie Fetzer of The Wellness Studio talking about mental health and the aftermath of this big flood in South Louisiana. Back in just a moment. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, what is the 4% rule? Well, the 4% rule was good for 30 years, Clay. It was uh, if you had a million dollars and you were taking 4% as a withdrawal rate, that mm-hmm. was 40000 a year in your Social Security and your pension, you could live. Uh, quite frankly, with the stock market volatility the last 10, 12 years or so, uh, the market's ups and downs, a 4% rule does not work anymore. Okay. So the Wall Street Journal come out with a new 2% rule, which means that's now 20000 a year. So two things have to happen. Either uh, you take less income or you don't retire anytime okay. soon. So uh, there is a way to take a 5% withdrawal rate for life and not wor- worry about running out of money. So if you're in that situation, you're concerned about I live in your money, when can you retire? Now's the time to come in and sit down with us to see how you can you get a 5% withdrawal rate and not run out of money. Especially in these times, you want to have the most information. So contact Brian and his team. You can look them up online at brianlowfinancial.com. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Back with Katie Fetzer, one of the owners of The Wellness Studio and one of the co-hosts of The Waiting Room coming up here on podcast225.com. How are you? Great. How are you, Clay? I am fantastic. Uh, You know, here in this part of the world, as you know, people are dealing with the aftermath of all of the floodwaters Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. two big realities facing families are one, what are you going to do about your home and or business? And maybe Mm -hmm. 1A, not two, but 1A, mentally, how do you recover from such an unexpected and devastating event? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I'm so happy that you're starting a conversation about this. And there's a couple ways that I would answer that. Um, First being that, you know, a lot of times, especially for us that live in Louisiana, we're familiar with a hurricane or a big storm that can come our way. And but this has been quite different, as we know. They're calling it the thousand-year storm. Um, and some people aren't, aren't maybe recognizing it as this, but it is what we would consider a traumatic event for most of us that have either witnessed um, some of the, the flooding events that have occurred or have maybe actually been directly um, affected or impacted by the storm. And a lot of the times when we go through a traumatic event, not always, but we can start to develop some really, really, really just stressing and um, uncomfortable symptoms. And so it's really important that people seek help and go to a counselor or, or a mental health professional to be able to process the events that they're going through. So that way they don't develop something like PTSD. Well, that was one of the things that I was going to ask you about. I've had this conversation with a couple of people, some friends and government who are working with these communities, and that is mm-hmm. the PTSD factor that's going to be here for people. I mean, it's so traumatic. I've heard stories from people who got up in the middle of the night to find mm-hmm. a, foot, a foot and a half of water in their home. 
uh, having to wade right. out of the house. The car's already flooded, so you can't drive it. So people are walking to get to high ground. I mean, it's it's like right. something out of a horror movie. It is. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I think you know PTSD is, is something that is not does not actually um, it's not actually officially can be diagnosed until six months after an event happens. And so there's a lot of really what we're talking about right now is prevention and preventing someone from developing something like PTSD um, or what we call an acute stress disorder, which is something that occurs could occur before PTSD develops, and it involves someone having recurrent or unwanted distressing memories of the traumatic event or reliving the traumatic event as if it were happening again, such as flashbacks, um, having upsetting dreams, especially for smaller children, this can happen. And so when you're, when as a parent, if you're seeing your child having some of this or even yourself, if you're experiencing any of these things, it's really important that to prevent the development of PTSD, um, which is a very, very serious disorder, then it's important to be able to go to a counselor um, immediately so that you can actually start working to resolve and address and process these issues in a very healthy, rational way and a very healthy and safe environment. So that way, PTSD is not something that's developed. Um, it's also important to remember that not everyone who experiences a traumatic event will develop PTSD. So it's, it's not necessarily that every single person in Louisiana that experiences blood is going to be walking around and having PTSD, but it also is something that we really do need to be talking about so that people know how to be able to arm themselves or be able to start taking care of themselves so they don't develop PTSD. It's so interesting because I don't think most people going into this, Katie, even considered that as a possibility, but it is. So mm-hmm. if, if someone listening right now is fighting depression or mm-hmm. just battling that sense of hopelessness, what advice would sure. you give them if it's just just in the interim before they can get to a mental health professional? My that's a really good question um, because you are, that's a really good point you raise is that there's a lot of people that might still be in that kind of crisis mode. They might still be transitioning out of shelters or still in shelters. And my biggest um, you know recommendations on that are to be able to avoid watching things like the news that constantly are maybe showing and having to show. Um, these events or the aftermath or different stories from different people who've experienced trauma um, and to really be putting yourself in very healthy dynamics or situations where you can do things like pray or speak with um, positive people that are surrounding you. So I know a lot of the shelters, for example, have um, Red Cross volunteers that are going in and and doing um, some yoga classes for some of the people that are in shelters and um, doing those sort of things, can getting involved in those sort of things can be really helpful as opposed to isolating to yourself and just ruminating about the event over and over again in your mind. Um, even just talking it out with, you know, a family member or a trusted person um, and just talking to them and having being able to have a safe space to express your feelings until you can get to see a counselor can be incredibly helpful. I know that um, if, if people are still at shelters, they do have, mental health professionals that are coming in and doing what we call psychological first aid. And that is something that helps to really mentally stabilize people and kind of help them resolve some of the internal crisis they might be experiencing in the aftermath of this. And that's something that's actually been occurring, you know, because people can't get to a counselor's office. We are, you know, hopefully in all the shelters this is happening. And if it's not, you can certainly reach out and ask. Um, But I know that a lot of mental health professionals have volunteered, including myself, have 
offered and volunteered time to be able to go to the shelters and go to the people instead of expecting them to come to us. I want to get to kids in just a moment here, but before I do, when when you talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, people think about the military or people who've been in combat zones or people who have been abused, raped, you know, whatever you, whatever horrible category that's in, uh, that's Mm -hmm. on that list. But what are some symptoms for people who may have some things happening with them mentally that they're not even really aware of? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the biggest, biggest symptoms are recurrent, just very what we would call intrusive memories of the event. So they might be replaying in their mind over and over again, um, remembering wading through the water, having to get rescued out of their home, um, having those reoccurring memories that are just seem very intrusive. They're, you don't want to be having them, but they kind of just pop into your mind, and it seems to be kind of on repetitive play. Um, the other symptom is very traumatic nightmares or night sweats, waking up in the middle of the night, having not very restful sleep because you're something that you wake up thinking about. Um, flashbacks are something that can kind of happen to the kids that kind of, like for a child, for example, they might actually lose consciousness and start reenacting the event during their playtime and reenacting the flood event as if they were still experiencing it. Um, the other symptom is also intense or prolonged distress after having been exposed to the traumatic, like a traumatic reminder or trigger. So you might be in a safe place now, but something might trigger it, um, such as maybe watching the news or someone, um, you know, hearing running water. There's certain things that might trigger you to just feel very unsettled and and that feeling of just anxiety. So those are some big symptoms that uh, would definitely indicate that it's the best that you go talk to a professional, um, a counselor. If you're not sure how to find a counselor, you can talk to a general practitioner to see how to get to one. Um, but mental health professionals are definitely the best place to go when you're dealing with something like this. And and just to to backtrack, you said, you know, one of the coping things that you can do is protect your environment. Try not to watch the news or be yeah. in any environments where you're constantly reminded of this traumatic event. Mm-hmm. But for so many people, because they've got to go back and redo their homes or businesses, you're in it every day. I mean, the floods never left you because you're in your home. Right. Every piece of sheetrock right. you remove, every floorboard, every, every piece of carpet exactly. is a reminder. So it's so tough. And that's why I think it's so important to follow your advice to seek out a, a mental health professional. Now, define this for me. I'm going to put these together because I know we got a, about, about a minute. Um, sure. Define what crashing would look like for someone. Let's say they hit the wall or they hit that breaking point. What exactly does that mean? And then what advice would you give parents of young children or even teenagers in the aftermath of all of this? You know, I think it's to answer your first question, like what would that crash would look like? I, I honestly think it's going to be different for everybody. Um, you know, most commonly, I think some of us will just experience and, and feel, feel it, you know, just extreme anxiety or extreme distress. But for some, they might kind of internalize it and just be more withdrawn to themselves. Um, and may not necessarily lack some awareness that they're even, you know, that their behavior is even kind of changing. And so it may be noticed by an outside observer. So really, if you just notice any change in your own behavior, your own emotions, that's an indicator that, you know, you might be kind of needing to be able to reach out and get some help. And then for children, um, I think the second part of your question was, was what children can do. Yeah, how do you, and, and, and the same thing is, how do you recognize it in children and what do you do? But, this, but, but let me throw this in as well. If, if your spouse or significant other is exhibiting these signs, what do you do as well? 
Exactly. Okay. So for, I'll answer the, for the child first. The children are, are tricky. The little ones, um, their brains are not as developed as ours. And so they obviously don't have the same communication abilities as us adults do. So they're not going to maybe not outwardly express exactly what they're thinking, feeling what's going on. But parents can really look for change in behavior, maybe being more withdrawn, um, maybe even having some nightmares or telling you have they, not me having nightmares, some difficulty sleeping, they seem unrested whenever they're waking up the next morning, um, seem maybe kind of fearful to go around certain things, maybe such as water or pool, um, and that's just an example. Um, but really just looking for those change in behaviors that something seems kind of off. Um, and once you kind of start to be able to notice those things and pay close attention to it, I think as a parent it makes it a lot easier um, for you to be able to kind of just know all right, I might want to go see if my child can talk to somebody um, and get checked out. Because the good thing is that counseling cannot hurt. So it doesn't do any harm to just get checked out and for a counselor to say, you know, it seems like he's processing these healthily, but we're glad that you brought him here. You know, so I would definitely, um, for a child, look for those things. And then for a spouse, and spouses are, you know, obviously we're talking about adults now, um, you you might see things like more drinking, um, picking up alcohol use, or, or drug use, those sort of things can kind of happen. Um, and then also just that anxiety, um, just seeming, just noticing maybe more withdrawn behaviors or change in behavior or just being very like hyper, um, hyper aware, hyper anxious, kind of just easy to, to react is, is a big thing too. Well, listen, if people want to learn more about you and the wellness studio, they're going to have a chance to hear you guys regularly here on the site. We're going to get a chance to talk about that, hopefully, uh, in the days to come. But how can they find you, reach you, and talk with you or Mary Catherine? Yes, they can visit us um, by going to our website at www.surprisinglywell.com. That's www.surprisinglywell.com. And then we also have a phone line, which is 225-448. That's 448-3359. Katie, I really appreciate it. We're we're way over the limit, but I appreciate you coming on and talking with us. No, I I love being able to do this, (laughs) and I really appreciate y'all having this conversation. As always, Clay, it's a pleasure. Well, listen. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I got Jay Grimes coming up next to to tell us about what's happening in the Gulf. So this conversation is very apropos to now. So listen. I know. I know that's got to be settling for some people to be seeing. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on and and talking with us. Katie Fetzer with The Wellness Studio. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is the Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Here he is again. He's now rivaling Richard Condon for the most appearances here on the podcast. I'm sure Condon ain't going to love that, but he is the chief (laughs) meteorologist at WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. Watch your back, Jay. Uh, Richard well, Condon might be a after lot me. of things, Clay, but that is one <laughs> label that is a absolute first. I mean, in, in the Condon category, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, you know, now that I think about it, I might have just insulted you. Let me think about that. Uh, of course, Jay Grimes has been not only 
invaluable to the community, giving us information after these floods. And Jay, it's funny in talking to people after our last conversation here about this flood, it did give some perspective to people about it. The amount of rain that we had in that two, three day period rivaled the amount of rain that we've seen over a year, you know, a surpassed rain we've seen in over a year. Here we talk about one, two, three inches of rain and how bad it is. And in some places they had more than 20 inches of rain. And so I just want to say before we get to this next thing, kudos to you, man. You did a great job. Well, I I appreciate that. That's kind words. And, you know, and, and it was we that did uh, the job. I, I could never have done it on my own without the uh, the team effort we have over here at, at Channel 9. But, uh, but thanks for the kind words. Well, so let's talk now about Hermine. There is a name on this storm now. It is large. I yeah. was just looking at some radar uh, on it. Tell me what this storm is doing. Well, I, first off, it has been uh, misbehaving badly for a while. Uh, 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 the last day or so, it's not done anything that in the way that I thought it would. It, uh, we did uh, say we, the Hurricane Center upgraded it to a tropical storm at 1 o'clock this afternoon. I, I was certain last night, uh, uh, or even at this time yesterday, that it would have been upgraded before then. But it just took a little while to do it. And while it was waiting to get its act together and earn that upgrade, it started sort of drifting a little bit and meandering a bit in the uh, south central gulf and i know that started to give a lot of people a little angst as to uh what it might do but it's finally sort of gotten back on the playbook now we're looking at uh, uh, a storm that has uh, gotten better organized and the drifting seems to have come to an end in the last analysis uh, we've got a storm that's moving to the north northeast as we expected and moving now at seven miles per hour instead of that paltry two and three mile per hour we've been seeing the last day or so so what we're seeing now is the impact of the tug of the trough over the eastern part of the u.s that's going to pull uh hermine into florida uh probably sometime uh, late tomorrow so that means that the the that stall ever so brief as it lasted that stall won't uh, be a cause for concern, a cause of concern here in Louisiana. That's correct. Now, what it has done is uh, folks have seen that the forecast track just keeps getting nudged ever so uh, modestly to the west. And in fact, it has done it again. So yesterday at this time, we were looking at a storm that models were very consistently putting right into the gut of a big bend in Florida. Now, They've nudged it far enough to the west that we're looking more at uh, hitting around Apalachicola, so sort of the, the middle of the the panhandle. But uh, uh, there's no, there's virtually no chance uh, of this thing coming into Louisiana. In fact, it's very unlikely that it would even get as far west as Pensacola. Uh, what we've been waiting for to happen, the steering processes that we were fairly convinced we're going to kick in. They're just now starting to take over. And what we'll see between this evening and tomorrow evening will be a storm that starts to pick up speed as it heads towards the panhandle. And that'll add to our confidence that it's going that way and that we, we Louisiana, are out of play. You know, this is the time of season for for people who are here or who have been here the last 10 or more years. 
it's not a surprise to see a storm in the Gulf this time of the year. I mean, we just passed the 11th year anniversary of of Hurricane Katrina, so we get it. I just think it added to the anxiety people are feeling because so many people have their homes laid open as they recover after uh, after the flooding here. But do you think it's it's worth reminding people that this is the time of the year where we do have the possibility of storms coming into the Gulf? And if so, what do you think they ought to be doing? Well, absolutely, it's the time to be uh, thinking about it. I mean, one of the things that may have happened we've been pretty lucky the last three years uh, we, we've not had any action since isaac and we all have habits and a lot of them are bad ones and and we sometimes <laughs> become a little complacent and and in fact the gulf in general has been pretty quiet the last uh, couple of hurricane seasons so we've we've kind of lost some of that edge if you will that we had uh, uh, back in the uh, earlier part of the 2000s, and 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 we deserved a break. Look, we we got hammered. But here's the thing that I like to to uh, to put into perspective: uh, uh, we are heading into tomorrow is the first day of September. That is the month that accounts for almost 50 percent of all the storms that have ever made landfall in Louisiana. So we are definitely in the red zone in terms of the threat time and now is the time if you haven't done it yet and this storm with its little meandering probably did get a lot of people thinking okay wait a minute what were those hurricane plans i know i know i have them and and this is the time this weekend will be a good time to just take take 10 minutes and rethink about uh, you know what are the steps you're going to do should a storm head our way uh, because we don't get a lot of t- of heads up time. You take this storm here, it has been sitting in the Gulf for a, uh, basically a day, just kind of meandering for almost a day. And now in 48 hours, it's probably going to be in Florida. What if that was 48 hours before it was going to be in Morgan city? How would you react to that? So yes, absolutely. Clay. Now's the time to revisit those uh, conditions while we got a little sunshine, there's no pressure, but revisit the things you need to do. And those can be unique from family to family and person to person. But hopefully you've figured that out already and you just need to you know, give it a few moments and run it through your head once or twice. Well, talk a little bit about the conditions that exist in the Gulf. I think that everyone tries to play amateur meteorologist or forecaster when you're talking about the weather because the weather is such a large part of who we are as Louisianans. You know, when you think about it, we talk an awful lot about the weather here. Uh, But the conditions in the Gulf right now, out in the Caribbean and in areas that are more likely to feed storms that become hurricanes, what are those conditions like right now? Well, a lot of times people ask about, you know, things like what are the water temperatures? Hey, (laughs) water temperatures are warm. They're always warm at this time of year. It's not at this time of year. It's really not a matter of what's the temperature of the water. It's really about is the atmosphere going to allow a storm to continue to develop once it forms or not? And, And we've seen perfect examples of that with this uh, critter that we have been tracking. You keep in mind, we've been following what is now Hermine. We've been following it since it was in the East Atlantic. And I think that's also been kind of wearing on people. Normally, we don't follow a storm for such a long period of time. But first of all, we're getting into the process sooner. We're talking about 
these invest things that we never talked about before. So that gives us a week, a heads up to track a storm that we never would have looked at 10 or 15 years ago. But uh, so water temperatures aren't an issue. It's about whether the atmosphere wants to allow it to happen or not. And what we saw as this system tracked into the Bahamas and uh, north of Cuba, we kept seeing an atmosphere that wasn't very conducive. We had uh, uh, shearing winds and dry air out in front of the system. And so it just took forever to develop. And then it got into the Gulf. Some of that shear relaxed and uh, some of the dry air has kind of retreated a bit. And then we see, well, at this time of year, you take away the atmospheric inhibitors and most systems are ready to go. And that's exactly what we've seen over the last 24 hours here, uh, a system that once the uh, the factors that were slowing it down, holding it at bay, once they let go, uh, the water temperatures are more than warm enough to take off. Now, in that, we also do have these areas, these pools, these eddies of even extra warm water that uh, drift around in the Gulf uh, that can also fire up a storm even more uh, rapidly. We're probably not going to have that as a factor with this storm. There aren't any real warm spots, that, uh, ultra warm spots that uh, that uh, Hermine is going to pass over as she heads towards Florida. And that's good news for Florida because they don't need a hurricane either. But there's still an outside chance this thing will get stronger as it picks up speed and heads towards the panhandle. And there's still a low end, but an outside chance that this could become a hurricane before it uh, makes landfall probably somewhere around uh apalachicola is it uh is it pretty much your opinion that right now in terms of us in south louisiana hurricane season aside that we're pretty much back into the regular sunny in the day and 5 10 20 minute rainstorm in the evenings or early night actually right now we're going to get a couple of days of drier than normal weather for this time of year and thank part goodness of it is tight- yeah, it, look, in fact, today was a perfect example. I mean, uh, yeah, it was blazing hot this afternoon, but there's something nice about seeing blue sky and sunshine for the day. I mean, it, even if it, if nothing else, it kind of warms your heart to, to, uh, because we had such a run of rainy weather, even after the flood event. It just seemed like it was never going to let go. And part of that is because we're getting a little bit, little of this is a, an influence of the uh, uh, of the system in the Gulf, and, and we're starting to get a more of a northerly kind of flow over the state, which is uh, taking some of the moisture out of the air. So we're going to have a, a couple of days that uh, tomorrow will be like today, very hot, but mainly dry, and we'll stay mainly dry for Friday and probably Saturday too. So. Uh, a little bit of a break from our prolonged stretch of rainy weather. And then as we get into the latter, the back end of the three-day weekend, that's when we'll probably slip back into what you're talking about, our sort of typical afternoon hit-and-miss thunder showers rather than the, 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 the bombs that have been pounding us for uh, so many days. I mean, you know, some of these storms, have just been a, uh, even though they aren't officially severe, if you're under one, it sure looks severe to you. Yep, Man, it's it's been something. So listen, I know that on social media, Facebook, Twitter, you often give people updates, you know, in between the newscasts, if you will. So if someone hasn't, uh, and I don't know why they wouldn't, but if someone hasn't linked up with you on social media, give them your handles on Twitter and Facebook so they can get that information. 
All right. If you're looking for us on Facebook, you can find us at WAFB Weather or J Grimes WAFB. That's the Facebook side. And then over on Twitter, most of what I do is uh, as at J underscore WAFB. Or you can do WAFB Weather at WAFB Weather. So you can find us or just use your little uh, search tool and find us on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter. And, yeah, we, we try and put, push something out at least once or twice uh, uh, during the evening. And, and then actually we're doing it through the day, too. So uh, if you'll tie into those and don't forget at Steve WAFB, uh, Steve Caparata does actually uh, probably more posting than I do. So he's, he's up on top of it through the middle of the day, and I kind of take the evening shift. Well, listen, again, you guys do a great job. And I tell you, in this, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, it's been hot, but man, dry is a welcomed thing right now. Well, you betcha. I mean, especially for people that are still in the midst of the cleanup, that are still, in some cases, still doing the, uh, the deconstruct work. I mean, uh, uh, it's helping to dry the places out that have already gone through the gutting. I mean, we really could use a week of this, not just three days of it. But at this point, we'll just take what we get and, and see how the weekend plays out. And I do hope folks out there, regardless of how the storm, uh, the, the flood of a couple of weeks ago impacted them, I hope that they at least get a chance to enjoy a little bit of this long weekend ahead. Well, Jay, as always, we appreciate you being on with us. It was kind of an impromptu thing, but with this hurricane now finally having a name and people wondering about it, and, you know, this we recorded this the day that you're hearing it, if you're listening to it on Wednesday the 31st, and then, of course, it's good through the weekend, and we don't expect anything to change. But I think we're going to be talking a whole lot, so get ready for me to be bothering the hell out of you over the next few weeks. Well, Clay, you found my magic number, so I'll be talking to you a lot, too. Hey, and no, mostly. Thank you for uh, wanting to hear what we have to say. That means a lot to us. And, and again, I'm speaking for the whole team, not just for me. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Jay Grimes, Chief Meteorologist with WAFB-TV here in Baton Rouge. You got his Twitter information. And, of course, you can log on to their website to learn more about the First Alert Weather Team at WAFB.com. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. People are trying to recover their lives and rebuild their homes on the inside, get rid of mold. So I want to talk about a product called Sterifab. Oh, that's a good one. Sterifab is using isopropyl alcohol as the active ingredient. Okay. And that in a part will set it aside from anything else because it will kill the mold and the mildew and the seed. And that is the most important thing because you don't want this stuff coming back. So if you've used Clorox or mold kill or mold gel or whatever this other mold stuff, it's coming back in about six to eight months. How difficult is this to apply? It's ready to use. You simply pour it in a sprayer and you really want to make sure you treat not only the flood impacted areas, but all the remaining sheetrock that's there too to kill airborne spores. So if I'm in the New Orleans area and I want to get my hands on the product, how can I find Pest Stop? Well, in Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severne Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's next to Sherwin-Williams or Villarie's Florist. And on the West Bank, we're on the Palco just past the Harvey Bridge. And, of course, in the Baton Rouge area at 806 O'Neill Lane, Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Thank you again for listening to The Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. 
In the weeks to come, more, of course, on hurricane season. We've got some political candidates running for office locally that we will be getting onto the show. I got a call today and then an email yesterday from some people running for office, and we're, we will schedule them to get them on to talk with you. If you are a candidate for a local office and you want to come on to talk to this audience and to have an opportunity to push our conversation out to your followers or what have you, uh, email me, clay at podcast225.com, or you can call the offices of CYE. That number is 225-214-1550. Well, you guys know it. Hurricane season is indeed upon us. So think about that plan. As Jay said, great advice. Think about that plan. What do you do if a storm enters the Gulf and is coming this way? I'm knocking on wood, hoping that it, that one does not. We, we, we're tapping. <laughs> we're tapping. Uh, rear naked choke from that last flood. We're, where's Herb, UFC? Tapping. All right, guys. Have a great one, and thanks again for listening to the show. You can hit the subscribe button at iTunes to get the show every time there is new content. We appreciate your feedback, both on social media and, of course, Uh, at our website, podcast225.com. You can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR and on Facebook, just look for Clay Young. It's been fun. Catch you next time here on podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.